This is the first Sunday of the month, which means we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. So uh, I guess I would ask, did anyone not get the communion uh, packet? If you didn't, slip up your hand. Uh, we've got uh, folks that are going to get those to you. Anybody not get that? There's someone, anyone else? Anybody in the balcony didn't, didn't get a communion packet? Okay, very good. Uh, this morning we want to remember the sacrifice of Jesus when he willingly offered his body, his blood on the cross. Here's what 1 John 1.9 says. If we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all wickedness. So, track with me now. When we say yes to Jesus, Jesus I believe I invite you into my life. He at that moment washes and cleanses all of our sin, past, present, future. Uh, so literally, we are cleansed, our accounts are marked paid in full by the shed blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Now, as we live on in life, as we mess up, as we miss the mark, as we fall short of God's plan for us, we sin, uh, we can write a check on that account that's already been marked paid in full. And it's the check of confession. It's what we just read. If we confess our sins, so we can wash and cleanse our sin and get back in right relationship with Jesus. So here's what we'd like to do for just the next few moments. Would you bow your head? Would you shut your eyes with me? And would you allow Jesus to point out any uh, garbage that uh, your hands, your mind, your eyes, your life has gotten dirty and filthy with recently? Lord, you can point those pockets of sin out. And we're not going to ignore them. We're not going to pretend. We're not going to blame. We're ready to hear. Any any. Where we've sinned, thought, word, deed, would you make that known to us right now? We're listening. And now, Lord, as you made stuff clear, we want to remove the wall of sin between us and you. Uh, so, Lord, we call it the same thing you call it. You're making stuff clear to us. It's sin. We call it sin. And now we write that check of confession. We want to be back in right relationship with your son. Would you please wash right now, cleanse, and purify? Pastor Bob, would you thank the Lord for offering his sinless body as the perfect Lamb of God on our behalf? Well, Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning recognizing who you are, Lord. You're the one that created the entire universe. You're the one that created each and every person in this room. And Lord, yet you came down here to earth. And Lord, you lived here as a human being, and Lord, you went to the cross 
and at the cross you took the punishment for our sins. And so, Lord, we come to you, we're so thankful and grateful, and as we take the bread this morning, Lord, we ask that you would help us to re- help to remind us, Lord, of your incredible love for us. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's remove the tap seal. Paul, writing to the church of Corinth, said in chapter 11, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Another of our leaders here, one of our elders, George Graham. Would you praise the Lord for allowing his blood to flow freely on the cross for our sin problem? Lord, as we um, just take a moment and just reflect, uh, reflect on our lives, you reflect on you and uh, the gift that you gave us that is, is just um, far beyond awesome. And uh, for you created us and um, you died for us and you lived for us. And when you um, let your uh, blood be shed for us, that was um, a sign of love that uh, is far beyond what we could ever pay back. And so accept us, and um, we do ask for forgiveness and wash away our sins. Let's carefully remove that second seal. First Corinthians 11, verse 25 says, In the same manner after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. We will be uh, taking up and receiving a benevolent offering. Uh, The team will be at the door at the conclusion of this service. Um, I guess I want to talk to you this morning, examine. There's what I would call a secret war raging inside of you, raging inside of me. Um, It's an unseen but certainly felt war that many of us, if we're honest, we're just clueless. We don't pay attention to this battle that's raging inside of us. Inside of every Christ follower, look at me, There's a civil war going on right now between our old sinful natures that desire to do evil, is what Galatians says, and our new natures, Jesus in us, through His Spirit, 
that desires to live strong for Christ. So if you understand, you got this tug of war going on all the time in the lives of believers. When you and I said yes to Jesus, believed by faith, and we said, I do, Jesus, I invite you in, I receive you and welcome you into my life and my heart, at that moment, the conflict began. Because you already had a previous owner, and he was pretty sure he was in charge, and he was calling the shots. Your old sinful, selfish, fleshly nature is who I'm talking about. They already were there doing their thing, and now you got a new sheriff in town, and his name is Jesus Christ, and now he's come in, and now he's wanting to take charge. Do you see the problem? you got your old nature, you've got your new nature in Christ, and suddenly now it's just ripe for conflict. It's ripe for battle. So the question that we're asking here this morning is, how do you get victory over the old sheriff? How do I get victory over my old, selfish, sinful flesh? How can I keep that old sheriff in check? And on the positive side... How do we allow Jesus to flow and be fully in charge and live large in our daily lives? Here's the question. How do we win the war within? How do we win it? If you're able, would you stand with me? I'm going to read where Paul talks about that. Galatians chapter 5, we'll read verses 16 to 21 out loud together. The war within... How do we win it? Read with me. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I've before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord, uh, the truth is, We feel this tug of war if we're paying attention. We we feel what you just inspired Paul to write down. So would you show us, Lord, this morning how we can get victory? Lord, would you show us how we can overpower the old, sinful, selfish, fleshly garbage that all of us still battle with? Might the power of your word and the power of your spirit 
have freedom to work in each and every heart and mind here this morning. And all the church family here at Wallen Lake said with one listening voice, you can be seated. Here's the key, okay? Listen up. <laughs> you can't fix or tame or reform the old sinful flesh. It's untamable, it's unfixable. The old sinful nature uh, is beyond reform, it's beyond repair. We were born in sin with a bent toward the flesh as soon as you came out of your mom. That's reality. Here's the truth. You don't have to teach a child how to lie. Todd, think about, did you have to train any of your, okay, this is how you blame your sister. Uh, this is how you're selfish. Let me teach you. you. You don't have to teach your children how to sin, okay? You don't have to teach them how to disobey or cheat. They're born that way. We're all born that way. The sinful nature cannot stop being sinful and prone to evil. Okay, we, we try, we do, and sometimes we get into kind of flesh management. Or I, I just want uh, sin light, uh, kind of do it quietly in the corners so that nobody will notice. But the truth is, there's no reforming there, there's no getting rid of our old flesh. So that's the trouble. After we accept Christ as Savior and Lord, we still have, we're still stuck with our old sinful nature inside of us. So now we have Jesus and His Spirit residing right next to our old selfish sinful natures. So how does this civil war work itself out. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Uh, Galatians 5, verse 16. Let's see it. So I say, here's what Paul writes, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Walk with the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be craving what your sinful nature craves. Okay. He does give us the answer here. Uh, allow the Holy Spirit in us to guide and control us. How do you get victory? You, you allow the Holy Spirit to come and take charge daily. The key is the Holy Spirit needs to be told, given permission, invited to override the flesh. Does that make sense? So, Jesus, you've given me the strength, you've given me the power through your Spirit here, to overpower my old sinful nature. But you have to invite Jesus and His Spirit to do such. It doesn't just happen. In Romans 7, verses 14 and 15, Paul battles his old sinful nature. Okay? If you want to look at that up, you can. And he describes this tug of war that we're talking about. He says, I don't really understand what's going on but here's what I know, what I want to do, I'm not doing, and instead, I wind up doing what I don't want to do. 
that's exactly what this tug of war is all about. But, but here's what he says, verse 24, Romans 7. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that's dominated by sin and death? So Paul is struggling. He realizes I've got this part of me that still wants to be in charge and large and wants to be the sheriff and calling the shots. That's Paul's old, sinful, selfish nature. But then he gets uh, to the end, Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. Keith was just talking about this. It's wonderful. This is like some of my favorite verses. Paul breaks into a victory song, okay? Uh, way better than what goes on in the victor in the big house with the victor song. Here's what Paul says. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Jesus, catch this, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us frees us from the old sinful nature. So, do you want to overpower your old sinful nature? Do you want to learn how to do that? Okay? You can't bargain with it. You can't negotiate with your old sinful nature. You can't tame it. You can't improve it. You can't reform your old sinful selfish. You can't outsmart it. You can't outmaneuver your old sinful evil nature. You can't do any of those things. Are you ready? The only thing we can do is override it with the power of the Holy Spirit. You can overcome it, but, but you can't beat it out. It's only Jesus and His Spirit that allows us to win the battle. And it's a daily battle. Allowing the Spirit of Christ in me to overpower the flesh of old sinful selfish Jeff. You can say amen right now. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only the Holy Spirit can overpower the old sinful selfish you. Let me explain it this way. This is the best way I know to understand it. There is a law, and it's the law of gravity. The law of gravity says what goes up, what? You know that law, okay? So we, we realize the law of gravity is at work. So then how on earth can a 300-ton uh, jet take off when what must go up must come down? How on earth can a 300-ton uh, airplane take off because here, here's the answer there's another law at work and it's the law of aerodynamics so what must go, go up must come down so fasten your seatbelt with me right now and uh, here we go we're about to take off um, if you go down with enough speed enough power enough thrust you can override the law of gravity with the law of aerodynamics. You tracking with me? You override it, 
you overpower it, you get enough speed and enough thrust, and suddenly gravity's still at work, but you can overpower gravity, and pretty soon you're cruising at 600 miles per hour at 30,000 feet above the Earth's atmosphere. Please understand this. Even when you're 30,000 feet, the law of gravity is still tugging at that plane, but you just continue overriding the law of gravity. You overpower the, the, and, and you overcome the law of gravity. That's exactly what happens in our own lives. Give me your eyes now, okay? Jesus in us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can override, overcome, and overpower the old flesh inside of us. That's the only way you get victory. It's only Jesus in us that overpowers it. You don't negotiate it. You don't reform it. You, it's nothing in me. It's not human effort. It's not man-made rules. I've got to follow these regulations, this system. It's inviting Jesus to overpower the old flesh in us. Okay? Old, selfish nature that resides always in you and me. The only way you can beat it is allowing Jesus to push it off the throne. Okay? This side of heaven, until we meet Jesus face to face, absent from the body, present with the Lord Jesus. Are you ready? We're stuck with this old civil war. That's the reality. And many of us, we come in here today and we're kind of beat up and we're feeling a little discouraged about our Christianity. Why? Because it feels like most of the time I'm losing. Most of the time, old, sinful, selfish me is winning. Okay? You know why? <laughs> because we haven't invited Jesus to overpower our old sinful natures. Okay? That, that's the only way we can do it. Go back to the, the text, though. I, I just want to look a little more at the fruit of the flesh. That's what I would call verses 19 to 21. But uh, Paul writes there, if you allow old, sinful, selfish you to rule and reign... Here's what it's going to look like. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Here they are. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I'm telling you what, uh, when the old, sinful, selfish me is large and in charge, the results are really ugly. Uh, first category, there's four categories. Sexual. Uh, it will express itself with uh, sexual sins. And I would argue every sexual sin that you can imagine is included here. Sin between man and woman, married and single, homosexual and bisexual, all sexual sin, catch this, is acting on the desires of our old sinful nature. 
Anything outside of God's plan, that comes from old, sinful, selfish you and me. Second category of sin is religious sin. He says idolatry and sorcery. Idolatry is worshiping anyone and anything other than the God of the Bible. That's idolatry. Sorcery is messing around with the powers of evil, the powers of the occult. Third category of sin is the breakdown of personal relationships. And he lists them out, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, and envy. Ugly stuff. Uh, And uh, fourth category of sin that Paul describes is drunkenness. Wild parties, uh, taking substances that make you lose control and give in fully to the old nature. I would argue anything that you digest that makes you lose control and give in to your old nature, that's what he's talking about. Now, look, that's part of verse 21. Paul gives a strong warning. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, fruit of the flesh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And now some of us were thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I got angry this week. That means I must not be a Christian anymore. Uh Uh-oh, I was envious. Uh Uh-oh, I quarreled. Maybe somebody says, "I, I got a little drunk last week. Is Paul saying that means I'm not a follower of Jesus any longer? Give me your eyes. The word living, anyone living, that's a present continuous tense verb. In other words, here's what that means. Anyone who continuously lives in these sins, anyone who day after day habitually is performing and allowing the fruit of the flesh, that shows you something's wrong. So if those sort of sins that we just listed are a daily occurrence, then you need to ask yourself a hard question. Jesus, are you in me? Do I even have a new nature? Do, do I even have a battle going on? Because I just seem to constantly be giving in fully to these sorts of sins. Okay, so there's this battle going on. There's this war within. There's a civil war. My old sinful selfish nature and a daily conflict with Jesus and His Spirit. And it's going on continually. Who wins this tug of war for my heart and my soul, Glenn? Who's going to win? You got two dogs fighting within. Which dog is going to win the fight today? I'd like to offer you three keys to victory. So if you're taking notes, here we go. Three keys to winning the war within. Uh, three questions that determine who wins the war within you on a daily basis. First question, what are you daily eating? What are you consuming recently? Here's what I mean. Um, Are you mostly eating uh, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max? Is that what you're consuming? Are you... Are you all full of YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook? 
Is that what you've primarily been digesting? Or how much Jesus, prayer, Bible, worship music have you been feasting on? Which which dog have you been feeding the most? Remember after salvation, you've got the old sinful fleshly dog and you've got the new Jesus dog in you. Which dog are you feeding the most? That's the dog that likely is going to be winning the daily battle for your heart, your soul, your mind, your will. Here's the truth. Some of us, we got this little teacup poodle Jesus dog that we pet once in a while on Sundays. And then we got a 150-pound Rottweiler of our old flesh that we're exercising and training every day. And we wonder why there's so much sin and fruit of the flesh in our lives. I'll tell you why. <laughs> you're, you're feeding and saying, sick them, the old Rottweiler, and you're rarely giving much attention to the Jesus dog in you. There's an old saying, garbage in, garbage in. What are you, what are you consuming? That, that likely will determine what the fruit is in your life on a daily basis. Second question, uh, if you want to win the war within. Are you ready? Have I taken the time today to actually invite Jesus and His Spirit to come and take charge of my life? Have I actually done that? Have, have I taken the time today, this morning, Sunday morning, have you already taken the time to do that? Because the truth is, we live in a busy, hurry-up, race-here, race-there, scheduled, hectic world. We deliberately, if I'm just telling you, we, we often forget, Myron, the default setting, you don't even have to try, is your old nature. Default. Every morning you wake up, your old, sinful, selfish you is large and in charge. So if you don't leave uh, that default setting and now invite Jesus to come take charge, guess what? You're just going to continue on your day. All day long, old, sinful, selfish, grumpy, mean, ornery you. If we don't deliberately, intentionally welcome Jesus and His Spirit to sit in the driver's seat, then old, sinful, selfish Jeff is calling the shots again. And here's the truth. How many days are you going to have to let the old, sinful, selfish you be large and in charge? And I'm telling you, if you look at that list, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of damage we're causing if you don't do something about what we see in our everyday lives. Now go back to verse 19, because Paul's really honest. He, he says, uh, when the old sinful self, the old flesh is in charge, it's clear, he says. It's obvious. If you'll pay attention, I'm mean, I'm ornery, I'm sarcastic, I'm selfish. I don't even have to try. That's just on. Okay? Gil says what? You are... Uh, Tell me what, Gil, what, what you always say. Tell me. You're negative and pessimistic. He doesn't even have to try. That's just on your hard drive. 
I'm telling you, you don't have to try. It's just there. Unless you intentionally shove the old nature off the throne and invite Jesus to come in, that's the way we'll live. And the results, Paul says, they're obvious. It's pretty clear. How many of you remember at some point playing King of the Hill? Do you remember King of the Hill? You know, you have a snow pile this time of year. Uh, we'd get the snow up there. Somebody's, uh, they've plowed it up to a nice hill. And here's the idea of King of the Hill. Somebody's going to get up and now they're king. And then it's everybody else's job to do what? Dethrone the king, right? Right, Henry? Yeah. Knock, knock you down because now I'm going to be king. Can I, can I tell you? We've got a continuous game, a king of the hill, going on in our lives. And, and I'm telling you, every morning when you wake up, it's the old sinful selfish you that's on top of the hill. Okay, Every morning, and unless you intentionally shove him off and invite Jesus in, that's the way it will remain. And we wonder why we still struggle with sin. <laughs> it's because that's the default setting. That, that's the way we're wired. I'm telling you, we have to daily push the old sinful you off and invite Jesus in if you want to see the fruit of the Spirit going on. Third question. If you want to win the war within, do you believe this is a winnable war? Do, do you believe that you no longer have to be enslaved to the gravity of the old sinful flesh. Because that's part of us. Some of us, if you get defeated and defeated and defeated day after day after day after a while, you're ready to, to I just quit. I, I don't think this is a winnable war anymore. But I'm telling you, give me your eyes, we have the power of Jesus the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives where? Point. Point to where it lives. It lives right here. We have the power to overcome and overpower the old sinful nature. When we choose to walk in the Spirit, it's impossible to walk in the flesh. That's pretty cool to think about. So if I invite Jesus in, as long as Jesus is large and in charge and on the throne, it's impossible to walk in the flesh. And as long as the flesh is the king of the hill, it's impossible for the fruit of the Spirit to come. So both are, either one or the other is large and in charge, but I promise you, if you invite Jesus, he's bigger, he's stronger, Every time you invite him in, he'll overpower the old sinful you for you. It's not your power. You just invited Jesus to come and shove him right off the hill. One more thought. This isn't a passive thing. This isn't a, oh, I'm going to sit in my lazy boy, give me some more coffee, thank you. And just, oh, Jesus, uh, do your thing today. Uh, save the world. Do mighty things. Amen. You understand? It, it's not a once for you can just take care of the month of March for me. Uh, have my it, wouldn't that be great if you could? It's daily combat and conflict. 
It's every day war going on in me. Every single day. That's the problem with life. It's just so daily, right? It's every day. Either the garbage of the fruit of the flesh is going to flood into my life, flood into my family, or Jesus and the fruit of His Spirit, verse 22, that's next Sunday, will flood and fill and rule my life. Every day, active, daily, on guard, uh, I'm not going to allow the default setting to stay there. I'm going to get up first thing and push the old flesh off. Come on, Jesus. Come take charge. Final question we're done. This past week, if you were to do an honest, real assessment, how much fruit of the flesh has been evident in your life? And I realize we're pretty good at hiding it and disguising it and doing it private. But I'm telling you, if you're just honest, how much was the old flesh in charge versus how much was Jesus and His Spirit alive in your life? If, if, if you just invited, Lord, show me, make it clear, how much fruit of the flesh versus how much fruit of the Spirit is going on. That'll give you a good indicator where you're at. Lord, we need you. <laughs> we need to get serious about this battle, this war that we fight every single day. Let's pray. Lord, uh, this, this has been uh, a challenging week for me. And I suspect these words from your book are challenging to all of us. But they're honest, they're real, we're listening. So, Lord, we invite you to ask some hard questions right now. What kind of fruit's been dominant in my life this past week? Mostly the fruit of the flesh or mostly the fruit of the Spirit? And if there's too much of the old sinful nature, Lord, going on, what needs to change? What adjustments are you asking me to make? Jesus, would you make it clear which dog I'm feeding the most? If I've got a tiny little teacup Jesus poodle, and a massive Rottweiler, maybe that needs to change. And what I'm digesting needs to change as well. Perhaps, Lord, I've forgotten that the default setting on my life, all of our lives, it's always to the old sinful, selfish me. We go back to that every morning. If we don't do something about that, we're going to live all day long with the fruit of the flesh. Thank you, Jesus, for victory. We praise you for nailing all of our sin on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you've brought the power to overcome 
overwhelm, overpower the old flesh in each of us. We give you praise for that. Wow. So Lord, would you help us to start remembering and taking advantage of the power in us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives, lives in us. And know this, the war within doesn't begin until you say yes to Jesus by faith. Until by faith you invite Jesus in, the moment the Holy Spirit comes in and takes up residence in your life, that's when the civil war starts. And if all you're seeing is mostly fruit of the flesh, Maybe the reason there's no war is because there's no Jesus, no spirit in you. Did you know that today can be the day of salvation? Today you can say, yes, Jesus, I believe you took my place on that Roman cross. Jesus, I believe you shed your blood for my sin problem. Jesus, I believe you took my place in the grave. Jesus, I believe early Sunday morning. You arose from the dead for me. Right now, by faith, Jesus, I receive you into my life. I welcome you to save me. Come take up residence in my life through the power of your Spirit. And if you make that choice today, we'd love to celebrate with you. We'd love to get you going on your journey, if you're watching online, hit the prayer button. We'd love to celebrate with you. If you're here live, make your way out to the prayer corner. We've got uh, Bridge to Life books. Uh, we, we've got a life book that we'd love to help you get going. Um, thank you, Lord, for being awesome. We love you. We're grateful that you've given us provision for victory. Help us to live victoriously through your son Jesus in Jesus name we pray amen if uh, you're here and the truth is you're discouraged in your battle it feels like you're losing it feels like there's very little victory feels like fruit of the flesh is the King Kong uh, going on in your life. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to uh, to uh, even anoint you with oil if you'd like that. So um, this isn't in the plans, but if during this final song, if you'd like to meet me down here, Chad and I will will rejoice with you and pray for you. Uh, if, if the Lord uh, lays that on your heart, come on down. We'll we'll uh, we'll ask the Lord to give great wisdom in this area. Let's stand together. Let's sing about the goodness of God as we close.